Hello and welcome to another episode of The Trading Desk. My name is Joshua Thanos and my guest today is an expert in our topic and that's Mike Manjos. Thanks, Josh. Uh, I don't know if expert's a strong word, but certainly passionate about Rolex. So that's right. This is one of my favorite topics. Absolutely. So today's uh, today's topic is going to be Rolex. Um, leading, you know, we we have heard some rumors here and there that uh, that Rolex was not going to release anything this year, and then we've heard real other rumors that they are going to release some some uh, some new models. So we decided let's uh, let's do a Rolex rumors and releases show, and that's what we're doing today. My favorite thing because, you know, always one of the best parts of the spring was getting ready for the new shows for Basel and SIHH mm-hmm. and then thinking about what, you know, we would love to see and then figuring out what was going to go away and then actually going and seeing it. It lost a little edge the last probably five years because they release everything pretty much the night before online. Um, <laughs> yep. You know, the early days, you used to literally have to run on Thursday mornings to the booth to see it in the window, but that was wow. the fun days. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Knock over your friends how things, to go see them. Wow, Peak. how things have changed. That's that's awesome. So, well, before we get started, let's do our customary wrist check. So I'll let you go first. What do you got in the wrist? So I went a little old school this morning, and I'm wearing my steel and gold uh, Submariner uh, blue dial uh, I want to say this is from 1989. This was actually my first Rolex, um, and it was what was called a Crown Club. So if you were a Rolex salesman back in the day, uh, in the late 80s, worth your salt, um, you would get an incentive award, and you could pick out a watch. And they only ran it for a couple of days because I think they were giving away a ton of watches. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I love this particularly because the to me it's the best blue with that kind of purpley uh dark blue kind of the fade dial um and it's just bright as could be and i love this watch still to this day we'll never get rid of this one wow yeah i've never seen you wear it in the office i'm jealous i I, i'd like to see that watch that that's uh that is that's a watch that i I like i've always liked the two tones i like the two-tone gmt and ceramic but um the the more and more that i wear subs and and look at subs i think that the uh uh a prior to the one one to the you know the the new maxi cases i think those are the ones I like, and uh, so is that. Is yours? Is that a one six six one three? Is that the reference? Correct, one six six one three. And then it was just um, again. I don't. You don't see it in the office yet because my kids stole it most of the time. I had to actually <laughs> adjust the bracelet this morning because uh, you know he's become fond of it as well. So it's an awesome. Just a, to me, this was the iconic. I mean, this was the hot Rolex at that time. It was either two tone Datejust thirty sixes. Um, and if you like the beef bigger watch, the two tone sub was the watch to have uh, wow. in the eighties. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I uh, that's definitely on my list of of Rolexes to pick up. There's so many out there, but um, all right. And on my wrist, less exciting um, is the only Rolex I have in my collection currently. Though I'm working on a, uh, on another one, uh, and we'll see if that comes to fruition. And this is my uh, Rolex Explorer Black Dial. This is Explorer 2, 42 millimeters, so the 216570 reference with the uh, Steve McQueen big uh, orange hand, which I love. Something about Black Dial with orange, I've uh, I've come to love. I, I wear my my Panerai 233 in a bright orange strap, and and uh, they're a good pair. That this watch and that watch are actually a good pair. If I if I whittled my collection. From fifty watches down to the down to two, I think those are the two. Those would be it. 
yeah, that would be the two left standing right now. If we had a, if there was a battle royale, a Hunger Games style <laughs> battle royale uh, to see who's left standing, those would the two be the two left. And I think it's the forty-two. It doesn't wear, so the case is slightly thinner than the Submariner. The clasp is not as as uh, long, and that's one thing we'll we'll discuss uh, in this episode. It's full matte finish or full brush finish, so you don't have to worry about you know. Uh, any um like as many as many scratches but it's uh the the lugs are a little tapered too which i think uh the sub could benefit from from having a slightly tapered lug and then the crown guard is less pronounced so it's it's a larger watch but it's a little bit more elegant even though it is all sport because it's you know it's full brush so i love this watch uh this is the second time i've owned it and the first time i didn't really love it the second time i fell on head over heels and i don't think it's ever going to leave the collection unless I have to move it for another Rolex that I'm... New version. Well, the yeah, other thing that's that interesting, too. I think, again, Explorer 2, I love the size. I think it's um, really underappreciated in the collection, mm-hmm. and a lot of people don't really understand it or love it for whatever reason. Maybe it's the bezel. Maybe it's... Um, I love the touch of color, and Rolex has done a nice job in the last few years specifically of adding a touch of color to a lot of models. Mm-hmm. Um you know, be it the Air King, be it the new GMTs, it's just the little color does certainly add it to that. And I love the treatment of the hand. I love the details. I love the fact that, you know, the hand on the white dial, the orange hand is different than the hand on the black dial. It's true. You know, it's little attention to detail that Rolex has always been exceptional on. And I think the reason they do upgrade so many things, you know, their mission, we always have to remember, it's a foundation. And they have one mission, and their mission is to make the best watches in the world, period. They don't make anything else except watches, and they are always looking to improve. They don't just run in the same watch, the same movements, the same calibers. Like a lot of brands are using calibers from the 70s and 80s, and Rolex, you know, one of the ways you can tell what's going to come out new is what's going to go away because they want to upgrade to better movements because it's all functionality to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so aesthetics are nice and they do are good at paying attention to design, but it really comes down to, you know, functionality, durability, accuracy. Uh, that's what Rolex is. It's indestructible tool watch and they're always making them better. So you're not going to see like a relaunch of like a 321 style movement and a Rolex. You're not going to see that you're saying? <laughs> no, you're not going <laughs> to see that. I promise you. Yeah. Um, we are going cutting edge and we're going to get into the, you know, Use the best we have to improve every watch, even in the simplest and plainest watches. Cool. Yeah. Well. I, yeah. And I think you see that. Um. And and they. While I don't believe that they make watches to market, right? They're not looking to be with the trends. They they do slowly, right? So like when watches started getting bigger, uh. Well. So when the when was the deep sea the one you own uh or, or the pre the pre camera was released in what two thousand eight. I was just going to say it was late 2000s, yeah. Um, yeah. So I know, think that... Again, it was, a, it was a... But again, it goes back. They did do deep seas of different, you know, variations, but not in that size and scale. So right. yeah, it was definitely the, the new well, they, version. Was, they were catching up to the market, I think. Right, and that's the thing. I don't think that they're not going to be cutting edge in terms of the trends. They're not going to be like, uh, you know... So, for example, Panerai had our... Panerai's heyday was starting to come to an end around the time that they released their 44 millimeter Sea Dweller, but it was, it, it, if I had to take a guess, it was like, all right, well, people have been wearing large watches for now for more than 10 years, 
So now it's time for us to make a, a larger watch. <laughs> I think that's exactly right. I mean, they definitely, they are not looking to be trendsetters or leading the edge. They're going to, you know, make sure it's tried and true. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they'll move into it. But it's also, there was also a functionality to it. You know what I mean? The, the depth that they wanted to achieve and to be able to build that case in such a way, it needed right. to have that certain scale. So Rolex doesn't do big just to be big. Or does, you know what I mean? They don't do it for that. It's everything goes back to function and every watch should have a function and build it to the best of that ability. So Right. Well, they're slow moving in, in, in a sense that it's it's like they're very measured, it seems. But on the other, on the other hand, if the market is saying, hey, you, you've made a mistake, they're quick to change too, right? So like going from the uh, um, the Date 82 to the Date 841, Big, right? So quick. scaling it down. They realize they, they missed it. They do quickly. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right, and then same th- same thing with the forty four C dweller. They said, "Listen, this thing is a little, it's too top heavy, it's a little too clunky. So let's redesign the bracelet and the and the case." And they did, and now I mean, it's a much much more wearable watch. I mean, it's still a little too large for someone like me, but <laughs> if I had to wear the watch, I could pull it off. It's you know, it's comfortable. Hey, I still wear the old one, and I love it. But that's all right. Yeah, but you're you're crazy though. So, <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, all right, so the topic of the day is is roommate. So let's let's put a little disclaimer, right? Um, you know, Godberg Jewelers, uh, which is you know partners with with uh, Watchbox, and you know we're authorized dealers in, of Rolex in in Philadelphia, but they don't. Rolex does not give out like a uh, a list of watches that they're going to release or they're going to discontinue. They're tight lipped. So if, first of all, if anybody tells you, I know for a fact this is going to happen, and they're talking about Rolex. Unless they work <laughs> at the Rolex headquarters, and first of all, those people aren't going to tell you anything. They, they're lying. They they don't really know anything. It's all just rumors, and and we've heard the rumors too. So we're going to discuss some of those. But just understand that we're not getting any of this information directly from Rolex because they're not giving that information out. Um, they're it's a bank vault up there. You know, they're oh, not that completely. Imp- this is all speculation for sure. I mean, the only thing that we did hear directly from Rolex was that, un- unlike the rumors that were out there, they are going to release new watches in 2020. They don't know when yet, but they will be releasing in 2020, which was huge news um, because, again, we're junkies and we haven't had a new Mm -hmm. release in a while. So that kind of gave us something to look forward to, which was kind of the impetus for doing this because, yes, we hey, maybe it'll be three or four months still, but one day we will get the new Rolexes released. Yeah. Yeah. If I had to make a guess, I'd say it's probably in the the fall, right? That's that's what I'm thinking. Probably, I'd say before November because... You know, Definitely people, before November. I would think it would be right. September would be my guess if I was a, yeah. I was guessing because you know they have the product ready to go. Uh, Rolex, mm-hmm. you know, builds two years out. They have it. Right. You know, they're not like a lot of these companies that release new product and then takes a year to see. Um, more right. often than not, they'll release in you know April or May, and then by late summer, we're seeing product in the stores. Yeah, or <laughs> or seeing it on people's wrists. I guess. <laughs> yes. I've not seen it. It doesn't stay in the stores too long. Very long, but, uh, right? So let's let's talk about. Do you want to start with what's being released, or or what do you think is going to be discontinued? Because they're both um, very interesting. I kind of like the discontinued because it's pretty much easier. I mean, the uh, sure. to me the most obvious one, uh, and again, not that many people are going to care that much. Um, yeah, the thirty-one millimeter Datejust, uh, okay. the one seven eight two seven four. Um, they actually introduced in steel and gold and gold last year the new movement to the new caliber, the 278s. Right. 
Um, okay. Of course, they're going to do it in the ones this year. So the 31s will go away with the 2235 movement. They'll put it, the new upgraded 2236 movement in it, and we'll see a new Steel 31 collection. Different dials. I mean, again, it won't set the world on fire, but that one I can pretty much take to the bank. You mean we're not going to sell out of those the first day? <laughs> Probably not. But again, yeah. it's incremental improvement. It's going to look exactly yeah. the same. Um, I'm sure they'll tweak a couple dial combinations and maybe a new color for us. But uh, basically, yeah. you know, it's just the natural progression of Rolex. They don't do it all at one swoop. They'll do, you know, the gold mm-hmm. and the steel and gold, and now we'll get the steel. Gotcha. Okay, so ladies' day just. Kaputsky new one going to be released. Yeah, 31 millimeters, not even the ladies 28, which they still do make, and they've already upgraded that. So this is kind of like yeah. the last stepchild that hasn't been upgraded. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, 31's become very popular. Very popular. It, the 28's even a little too small for today's uh, market, Correct. right? Like 36 is a great uh, like unisex, but it's leaning more towards ladies now. I think like every day that goes by, almost. Right. You know, I mean, I, I like the thirty-six H, especially the, the the current models with the with the super jubilee and the hidden clasp. I love that. I wish that they would release the hidden clasp on the forty-one. I think would be a, a super home run. Uh, doubt it's going to happen though. It's it just doesn't seem like it will. But uh, but yeah, so the thirty-sixes are again are really. Like the sweet spot for unisex and ladies watches, and then the thirty one, I think, is 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 the new like you know essential ladies ladies watch size. I think correct. So um, yeah, give it the upgrade, get it done, no brainer, easy. Right. Yeah. All right. So what's next? Um, so my next again is another you know easy one. I think uh, the thirty four millimeter date um, sure. is another kind of steps child size and watch and again is still using the old movement um so i'm assuming it'll either go away completely and we don't even need a 34 which they've done over time um or they'll just at least upgrade it so again not exciting but um those are kind of the two what i look to do is i kind of look at the entire collection and say you know where haven't they paid any attention and rolex always wants to bring the bottom up so uh Mm -hmm. you know these to me are two models that just need the upgraded movements and it's a natural change. And I wouldn't be surprised if the 34 went away completely, but if it doesn't, it'll at least get upgraded. Do they still make an Oyster Perpetual 34? Uh, no, I think they got rid of that one. I think they did. The 177, right? Exactly. They got rid of that one. So it's just the date model now in the 34. Yeah. So yeah, thirty fours. It just seems like it doesn't really make sense. I mean, they so like they do phase out different sizes. Like there's no more twenty six uh, millimeter day, uh, ladies day chest. Um, that's been gone for I know how many years now. Probably f- more than five years. Yeah, it's um, probably about that now. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. nobody even pays attention to that stuff. So I mean, you know, yeah, it's fine. But except uh, you, except me. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> I got to memorize yeah. the reference numbers. <laughs> it's just a All disease. Right, so, so uh, 28 is being upgraded. 34 is possibly being phased out. Um, what else? Any more Any more ladies watches? No, so that's really about really... all the, the non-exciting stuff. Now we get into, I think, what are more interesting. So the two other pieces that everybody's talking about, well, specifically the Submariner collection right. is the most logical one due for revamp. It is the most successful Rolex possibly ever. Um, you know, it's been made it's the most successful watch, most successful I mean, like, watch on the planet. Right. Exactly. Um, almost and it does every mainstream brand has done like a, some sort of like variation or knockoff of it. I mean, 
there's Tag Heuers that look like Submariners. There's Omegas that look like Submariners. There's, you know, there's every every brand, or and then and then there's a whole list of like micro homage brand. I mean, everybody wants a Submariner. Invicta's best selling watches is like a huge sure. Submariner. So exactly, like, everybody wants. Everybody's a sub, yeah. made a sub at some point. So it's time for Rolex to you know again increase the power reserve to seventy hours. Get the new movement in it. Um, you know, uh, the sub no date especially is still rocking that, you know, 3130 movement, uh, which is yeah. almost in nothing left anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's also become super popular in the last two years because I think everybody's thinking the same thing I am, um, yeah. is that it's time for that movement to go away um, and put it in something else. I mean, it really is only used in their... And I'm looking now, they still do have the uh, 36 and the Oyster Perpetual 34. So those, okay. and it's really the only thing they're left using that 3130 in, except for the 40 millimeter no-date sub. So I think time for that to go away, and it's time for the, a new Submariner collection. Which opens up so, the door to a huge discussion, because again, oh yeah, um, there are a lot of Submariners. And I mean, there's multitudes of variations, and the possible changes could be amazing. Well, so if you look at the history, um, it looks like they upgrade the sub date first before they do the no date, right? So the no date sub was the first sub, right? That's that the Submariner started with no dates. Correct. Sixteen eighty was released, what right around nineteen seventy or so. Yep. Um, with with a date, and then that has become. I mean, people, you know, there's well, so there's it. It, it depends on who you talk to. There's a snobs who say, no, it's a Submariner, and then a Submariner date, not a sub, and then a no date. Sub, right, because tr- originally a, the sub was not a date watch. Um, and right. people will argue, the purists will argue that it shouldn't be because, you know, uh, it just... Why do you need a date? You don't need a date. You're not staying underwater for more than 24 hours. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so it doesn't it today, serve the true purpose of a sub. Right. But today, a, a functional watch, I mean, there's many people. I, I, I don't mind not having a date on the on a, on a watch, but I know you, if it doesn't have a date, you don't, you're not really uh, interested in it. Yeah, Exactly. Yeah. So, and I think a lot of people feel that way, and that's why it's it's there's been a transition from a sub and then a date sub to a no date sub and a sub. Right. Um, you know, I think right now, right now the Submariner has a date. That's if somebody refer- references a Submariner, if somebody calls in to sell a sub, I never think to myself, oh, well, he's talking about a no date sub. Correct. Right? And I think what we'll look at is, you know, being Rolex, being Rolex, they will definitely have something new in the sub collection this year. So the question becomes. Do they do a full revamp, kind of like they did with GMTs, and, right. you know, do the whole collection in one swoop? You know, they gave us a gold GMT, the steel and rose gold GMT, and the steel GMT in one swoop, which was not well, they, typically the way they had done it in the past. So no. I don't well, know well, if well, they, they do they the They kind of spread it out over two years, 2018 and 2019. They spread, the, they spread it out in terms of doing the... Um, uh, what do you call it? Because they, they released the Batman was the last release in the in the GMT line on the Jubilee, and that was in 2019, but everything else was in 2018. Everything else, right. But he did three variations at the same time in 2018. Uh-huh. So I would expect um, we'll see a full revamp of the sub just because it's the iconic family. Um, sure. So I would think, you know, if you're going to do, do it, do it at one swoop, there's still going to be people who want uh, steel and gold subs. Uh, there's still right. people who are going to want gold subs. So I don't think putting out a steel sub is going to take away from those other purchases. Uh-huh. Um, you know, traditionally, Rolex has always introduced new references and new models 
in precious metal first, and then a couple yeah. years later, they'll whittle it down to steel. Um, but I think in this case, we might see a full new sub-collection. I could see that, though, but I could also see them. So uh, when I was doing my research, I saw that the um, the this would be essentially the what 50th anniversary of the gold Submariner, the 1680-8. Right. was released in 1969-1970, right? So this was roughly 50 years. Um, it was blue dial, blue bezel, uh, and it, the watch is obviously amazing, right? So it had, it was scaled down from the one that we have now. So like essentially the, the, um, the maxi case would be a scaled up version of this, but it has like, you know, a little bit slimmer, um, crown guard, obviously the, uh, the lugs have bit or are slimmer as well. And uh, that watch was released on a bracelet and on a leather strap, two different variations of that watch. So I could see, I could definitely see them just revamping, doing, going the way of the GMT, but I could see them releasing an anniversary gold sub that is going to have a new movement, but also scaled down uh, uh, dimensions. Proportions, right. Right, proportions, and I could see them. Maybe not, obviously not together. And we we chatted about this just before the show. And, and you'll you can I'll let you go on your rant about that. But <laughs> um, releasing it on a on a strap and uh, separately on a on a bracelet because yeah, like you said, Rolex has never and will never release a watch with an interchangeable strap and and uh, no. And bracelet, I mean, they right? traditionally have always made strap versions but they were never interchangeable with the same watch on a bracelet because they would design the case connections to be more durable and different so you know we get the question at least every couple of months you know i've got my strap daytona i want to put a bracelet on it you can't or vice versa um you got to go after market right right but rolex rolex does not condone condone or even (laughs) you know Pretends it doesn't exist. Right. right. So um, I do not see them doing, while it would be a great thing, um, I think we could see an elastomer um, finally hit a non-precious metal watch this year, which would be awesome, and we'll talk about that in depth, I'm sure. Um, right. But I would not see it being an interchangeable thing. It'll be a you know two-watch collection, Separate. which is what they want right. you to do. They want you to either trade in or they want you to get another watch, which is great. I, I would like that. I would like a... a uh, like a 90s style case or, or or the dimensions of a 90s style case, but with solid end links with a ceramic bezel, um, I, I would be, I'd be ecstatic because, you know, that's one thing that, you know, the, just like when they scaled down the, um, the deep sea and they scaled down the date just and the date dates, the, I think the Submariner right now, the sub date and the no date sub are a little too beefy. Um, I think that the you know the maxi case is a little too thick. Like if you compare that to the Explorer case, which is a little bit more slim, like it's a much more wearable watch. Whereas like a forty millimeter Submariner, okay, it's great, it's nice, I'll wear it. Uh, I have worn them, but they're not quite as comfortable. They're not quite I, as comfortable. I, they're a little. The edges are very sharp. There's no question about it, and it's got a sharp edges. Yeah, it's got a beefiness to it that doesn't make it as comfortable as some of the others, and. You know, again, there's two arguments. One is, you know, it's a diving watch, so they're built it that way. But they still now have a Sea Dweller, which is truly their diving watch. So this right. is just more of a rugged sports watch today. Um, so I think you could see that for sure. But uh, I think the last thing, again, so we're talking, we'll get into all the new stuff. But I think the last sure. on the discontinued side is I would look at, okay. um, to your point, was the Explorer 2. 
um, sure. is again, it's using the 3187 movement. Um, all the new GMTs have the new movement in it. Uh, you know, the Explorer 2 always used the same movement as the GMT because it's the same functionality except for the yeah. bezel. Uh, one being fixed, one being rotating. So I could see that um, we could see a new Explorer 2 this year. Um, maybe a ceramic bezel Explorer two, or maybe they that maybe that that, that bleeds too far into a uh, into the GMT world. But maybe a fixed bezel, fixed ceramic bezel, like a, like the Daytona. That's what I was thinking exactly. The other, well, there's two things I could see. One is you definitely, to me, it would make sense to have a fixed ceramic bezel on that, like the Daytona. Um, again, there's no the benefit is obvious. Um, you know, it's not going to scratch. It's still beautiful. It's fits in with the theme. It keeps the sizes right on that watch. So you yeah. all you really would need to do is change the bezel, change uh, the movement, and boom, you got a new hot well, watch. Well, then one step further, what if they take the uh, um, the Oyster Flex strap and put it on the 42 because it already works on the Yacht Master. That is, one of my, um, that is one of my potential predictions for new goods. So, yes, uh, I think yeah. that is that would be awesome. The question becomes now, and again, this is a bigger conversation. All right, so Oysterflex has been hugely successful. I think the biggest surprise of last year's introduction was the forty-two white gold Yachtmaster um, yep. on the Elastic. Just still kind of a quiet, quiet, yeah. but very successful. I mean, you know, they were they had a real hard time delivering them. And if you think back to white gold sports watches. Um, when they first released, I mean, the sub was not a great seller. The GMT was not a great seller in white gold. Um, they haven't had great success in white gold sport watches. Uh, even the white gold Daytona in the early days didn't do well because, again, it was a look of steel without the stigma of low cost. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. only few people knew what it was, so it wasn't that um, you know successful. But then the 42's done well. I think the uh -huh. thing that's uh, puzzling is why only one medal, why the Yacht Master, which was, you know, uh, I would argue one of the least successful sport references. Um, you know, the Yacht Master in general, yeah, the Platinum when it first came out with the Platinum Dial was hot um, mm -hmm. and the Blue occasionally. But again, as a family, not the most successful collection. No. Well, they well, they they released the Yacht Master as like a test uh, to upgrading the Submariner. I think that was. I think so too. That, I that, think that's so what too. They, Let's see what the market links. reaction is to this. Um, right, and it it was an upscale sub, which I think it still is. I love the Yacht Master. That was my very first Rolex. Actually, you sold it to me. <laughs> uh, the Yacht Master does watch. have a reason to live, but again, it's not as you know traditionally or as appreciated as some of the other ones. So I think. I think the white gold was a success. I mean, I would. My first natural reaction was, why wouldn't we have a forty-two yacht in rose gold this year? Um, you know, the forty mm -hmm. feels small, and if anybody's worn it because of the black face and black bezel, it wears small, even though it's a forty. Right. It looks a little small. It's a forty-two. No, the forty. The original rose gold is still the forty. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, and okay, it wears okay, small. Yes, it does. Yeah, well, especially on the strap. And that's one thing about Rolex is, is that like a 40 millimeter Rolex on a bracelet wears more like a 42. Uh, the integration of the bracelet and, the uh, you know, the thickness of the watch, and it, it, they always were a little bit larger. 
So, but it's the opposite is true on a strap. Any watch, I feel like, like a 44 millimeter um, Luminor on a strap is uh, is a watch that fits me well. If you put that watch on a bracelet, they have some bracelet models. It's way too big. Uh, so, yeah, I think that you know the you're gonna have to scale up the watches a bit for the strap, and that's why. Well, we can continue this conversation that with the with the uh, the Oyster Flexes, but I think that you're gonna see more models more of the larger models release on oyster flex because it just makes more sense yeah and it's i mean they put such an investment i mean people don't realize i mean the story i heard was they worked on that strap for seven years um you know wow. it's proprietary it's got you know um you know material on the inside that makes it last forever basically i mean it's a rolex through and through wow. um so they're yeah. definitely going to use a rubber it on strap, more though. it is a rubber strap but it's not it's a you know they it's a rolex rubber straps they don't dry out and crack they don't okay. break i mean have you ever seen one ripped have you ever seen one taking a piece out no. of it i mean you just haven't i mean they don't yeah, you're right. the hold up and the you know it is a Rolex rubber strap, which makes it a whole nother level. Um, well, the issue, I think, and in, in the one the one of the downsides of the strap, and maybe it is because the way that they made it, they didn't have another choice because they didn't want to be able to cut it or anything like that, is um, if you if trying to size that strap <laughs> is That is the worst part of it. Nightmarish. I literally had yeah. three sets of straps to for one client that I went through. Yeah. yeah. It is not something that's easy to do. It's something you really need to do in person with your client in front of you. Yep. And sometimes that's not our situation, right. obviously. Um, right. So that's so many, so buying that watch, uh, uh, pre-owned, it does, it, there does, there is like a, a hiccup there because, you know, buying it in the store is one thing cause you can, tr you know, and that's, I guess that's the way Rolex designs it. They're not, they don't care about that, <laughs> about selling it pre-owned, but yeah, if, if you buy that pre-owned, you know, getting, getting that, that strap combo, because it's literally, if you guys don't know, the way it works is there's different size straps that you mix and match on either side, right? So there's two pieces of the strap, one on the 6 o'clock, one on the 12 o'clock, and they, they meet at the buckle. So if you want to size the, the watch to your wrist, you have to mix and match the two different sizes. And then there's like, they're wonky sizes too. It's like A, B, B, C, whatever all it is, right? Is there six or seven? Yeah, there's like seven uh, variations. Sizes. And they made it probably as complicated as you could possibly make it. Um yeah. So yeah, that it's I definitely wish, a I wish there was like a way to do it. Yeah, I would big time. And I wish that they had like a micro adjustment tool. Like if I, I think that it should be required on a oyster flex that you have well, the glide lock. Wait a minute. Now you're that's you're forgetting one of the other new introductions from last year. What's that? So the forty millimeter yachtmaster on the elastomer. Okay. Got a new reference number last year. And nobody noticed. It did. And the difference is the clasp. It's got a glide lock on the inside of the clasp now when they raised the price a little bit. Um, oh, that's right. I did see the price. Yes, the price, the price went up. I didn't even think about And that. again, nobody even noticed it. I didn't even notice it till they didn't really start delivering them till November, December because they wanted the old pieces to get through the network. Um, so, yeah, they, def they did make that adjustment on the glide lock clasp very quietly. Huh. Well, so that's okay. So they, they maybe they are listening because that's with the glide lock. It's that becomes a perfect watch. Correct. Right? Now, now you don't have to worry so much about the different sizes because you know what your wrist swells also. So I've worn that watch on a hot day and it fit well in the morning, but by the afternoon it didn't fit anymore and there was no it didn't it didn't adjust enough. So now I can't wear this watch. Right. So 
with the glide lock, I think that. Oh yeah, look at that. Look at that. Oh, okay. See I'm that? This right I here. Paid I'm attention. Looking. So, I think that 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 glide lock or the oyster flex should only be delivered on a glide lock. Uh, um, I would agree, and I would expect class, that we'll what we'll see with Rolex again. Incremental in you know make it better every year. Get little details that they pay attention to. So, I think that is what well, we'll see. I'd like to see. I'd like to see a forty-four with a beefy rubber strap. I mean, if Panerai can do it, Rolex can do it. And uh, you know it would be it's going to be a challenge because the watch is so like very a deep thick. sea or a yacht, a, yacht a deep two? sea, a deep sea. Now, yeah, the no, the yacht the yacht two I think is again like just like the yacht master. It's got to be those are are more of like a luxury watch where where it's going to be it's luxury first and then I feel like uh, tool watch second with the yacht master. First of all, no one's ever used the function on the yacht master two. It just it just is not. No one's ever used it. Right, nobody I'm does. sure. It, I'm sure it works great. If if it if the, you're the one person who's ever used it, I'm sure it works great. But nobody ever does. So it's more about wearing a big beefy, you know, watch. I mean, I like to say gold, but they do make it in, in steel. But it's still it's just it's about wearing a big beefy luxury watch. The Yachtmaster is like wearing like a, a luxury Submariner. So um, I think that I uh, know I'm talking about you putting the Oyster Flex on a true dive watch because. Dive watches should have rubber straps. I would agree. I and the deep, I mean, the deep sea would be a natural for a uh, elastomer strap. I yep. could see that for sure. I could also see the yacht twos going away at some point because, uh, to your point, they're not terribly functional. They're not something a lot of people no. like. Um, you know, the white gold ones. You know, they never. It's just it's a oh, tough watch. God. So that would be another place I could see them. You know, making a cut. Yeah. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Yeah, the yacht, the yacht too, and I don't know if they need that function. I mean, I know they had issues with that movement for a while. I know we when before, so back when I was in the watch you want days, I remember we used to get those and they would all be broken, and we'd have to send them back and they would fix them. So they fixed that that scenario. Like the the watches delivered right now are they fix that uh, the movement because Rolex doesn't play games. Right. That you know, if there's an issue, they fix them. So the watches all work now. But I know that they had issues with that movement, and then again, like it's not terribly functional. Um, you know, who's uh, never, I don't, I, I wouldn't even begin to understand how to use a yacht. No, the only reason people um, bought it honestly was it was big, it was steel and it was blue. Yeah. It had a blue bezel. It was yeah. cool. You know, that part, yeah. it was just yeah, a fashion, the color, the color combination was great. Um, so it, that was I'd the part of I'd love to see it. another, I'd love to see another, another model with the blue dot or white dial and blue bezel. I think that's a great, um, it, that's a great combination that uh, that I think you can do very well with uh, on a watch that's not a forty four, you know, gigantic piece. Though a steel, I, I, it's funny. Like the the deep sea is, I guess maybe it's so thick and and, and it's a little bit harder for me to wear. But I could pull off a a forty four um, Yachtmaster two, but it's just it couldn't be an everyday wear for me. I know some guys that can pull it off, not for me, not with like a seven and a quarter inch wrist. Right. It just doesn't work for me. <laughs> I love it. All right, so let's get into yeah. the new stuff, then. So if that's the stuff we think's okay. going away, so uh, well, where do you want to start? Well, I there got are a couple. there are a few more things. Go that, ahead. What do you that, think that, that you away? and I think that? Well, I think the Hulk. I think it's time. well. I'm thinking the whole uh, Submariner family goes away. So then it's a matter of you know what they redo. So I'm thinking a lot right. of the subs could go away, but the Hulk is time for sure. The Hulk's going. That's my it's prediction. Ten years. It's ten years. Yeah, it's it was time. released in 2010. And that's that's the thing. So people forget that the the ceramic submariners were released uh, in 2010. So it's been 10 years. The the Hulk was released at the same time as the as the new black. 
Um, I think that you could see like maybe a new Kermit or some other color, right? Um, you know, I I think, but I think that the Hulk most likely goes away. I think it should have it it would have been discontinued last year, or the year before, but. You know, with everything going on, with uh, with how crazy the market is, and Rolex starting to pay attention, they didn't want to start just creating you know bonanzas on certain models. But now that things have calmed down a little bit in terms of price point with this COVID, and and that's the other thing we didn't really touch on it, and we can have a different episode on that. But I believe you know with with what we're seeing with the uh, with this COVID and how it's affected the uh, or how the reaction by the government has affected our uh, our economy, um, but. Trading volume is up, um, certainly for us, but I've talked to a lot of other dealers. Everybody's in business. Everybody's still trading. Just the prices have come down. Correct. So any owned inventory, you lost money on that, right? But once you cycle out of that, and if as long as you have the you know the guts to keep going, we're all we're all still in business. So I think that uh, it was like an, almost an excuse for everybody to let things calm down without feeling like, okay, the bubble popped. Right. Because I think everybody was afraid of Hit like, the reset button. The bubble right. pop is a bubble pop. Right. right, right. So this was a great excuse to lower prices in a reasonable manner and then not have to take the blame on yourself, not saying, oh, well, you know, I, th- I just thought it was overpriced before. It's like, okay, well, listen, there was a world pandemic. Um, right. And now we're back know, to a normal level. It didn't level, kill everybody, right. but, or, or closer to a normal level. I think you might see, still see a little bit of a, uh, of a downward slope on certain models, but I think we're we're near kind of what things are going to trade at, and hopefully for a while, like it just makes more sense this way. Um, like we kept saying, eleven thousand uh, dollar steel Submariners just doesn't make any sense. No, but I mean, so obviously we're going to have a steel black sub with a date. Yep. We're going to obviously yep. have a steel and gold sub blue because again, so iconic and traditional. And to me, you're always going to have a gold sub. The question is, is do you do the gold sub in green? Yeah, I could see that. You know, make it kind of maybe, like a green Daytona the... kind of thing and take that green ah. color and make it a shiny green like you did, you know, like the old, like my steel and gold sub I've got here with that kind of, you know, shiny dial as opposed to the matte green, sure. which the Hulk was. So it's not the same dial. Right. Um, but you take the green and put it into the gold. I mean, it, it, they already they've proven it's worked with the um, with the Daytona. Obviously, uh, John Mayer had. Thank had you, a, John Mayer. Had, yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he helped everybody realize that this watch was great and discontinued. Correct. So then now it became unattainable for many people, which is it's kind of crazy. I, I'm not the biggest fan. Uh, the gold and green is a, is is a great combo. Uh, actually, uh, Paddock just uh, just did a special. What a fifty nine oh five. Right, green, awesome. Uh, in green, yeah, green. that was a very. Like, like can a we say mix. green's the new blue? Right, I think, I so. think so. I like green better than blue. I, know I that love blue. Tim and uh, Tim Masso and uh, Jason Main would both uh, agree that green is a, is better than blue, and and I I think I I like green better than blue too. But uh, I mean blue blue for the last ten years has been has been bonkers, right? right? So, um, but yeah, so I could see maybe. And again, you know, you're saying a revamp of the whole line. I could see that, but I can also see maybe one release or two releases that kind of start off the uh, the new subs. And I can see maybe a showcasing a green, gold, uh, a yellow gold, green dial sub with a new movement and a scaled down, right. um, a scaled down uh, 
proportions and also on a strap, either on a on a rubber. And I would love to see Rolex. I don't know if they'll ever do it, but colored oyster oyster it would be uh, awesome. Flex. But I don't know. That might be a little too out of the box for Rolex. But you never know. Yeah. But I would also yeah. see you could you know what about a blue in steel? I mean, you know, we've never yeah. seen a blue steel. Well, we did. We had the well. That was the GFT was the blueberry. Um, right. Steel and blue to me. A long time would ago. Be, um, incredible. I mean, if we took a sub in blue, it would kill without a question. Yeah. Well, because the, the Smurf, it's funny because like that watch was when I first started in the industry, it was kind of a dog. Totally a dog. Uh, no they question didn't about really. It. Yeah, they didn't. It wasn't it, like people looked at it like the, like you said. You know, it's it's. <laughs> the look of steel without the stigma of low price. Uh, but, I mean, it's people have grown to love the Smurf. It's it's like an iconic piece now that people chase. And uh, and I feel like, you know, well, the prices are, are much stronger than they were. I mean, you could find that watch for, in some cases, uh, pre-owned for less than $20,000. Oh, yeah, it would sit in the showcase. Seven, seven I mean, it was ago. a, you know, that sat in the showcase and the, you know, Green Dial GMT sat in the showcase. Because they were a little right. too funky for most people, um, for, for Rolex buyers. Right. So, but I mean, I could see a blue. You know, to me, we could do it. A blue steel sub would be awesome. But I'd love to see something or, or, in the green family. And I think Rolex go green gold. You know, would be awesome. What about a? And I don't know the history on this, but so the Kermit, which I love, and I'd love to see like a ceramic Kermit, but with the um, the black dial and green bezel. Which was, I guess, you know, the their first green right. anything, right? Was was it green bezel? So, um, what if they did the same uh, same situation with uh, a black dial and a blue bezel on a steel? So you're not gonna, it's not gonna be mistaken for a blue sub for a Smurf. It's different, but um, again, I don't know the history. Maybe you can speak to that, like why the Kermit came out. I don't know why. I mean, it was there. just it was you know it was the anniversary model. I think it was just. Um, you know, it was an easy change. It, again, it was not as hot when it first came out, but, um, obviously picked up over the years. I never liked it. Cause again, I just, it looked odd to me to have the two different colors. Um, really? yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, the, huh. you could so, switch them in and out. So, I mean, guys would change them around, you know, once you got the bezels back. Yeah. yeah those bezels easy are easy to pop in and out. And so, like, I mean, yeah, ceramic bezels you can't do that with. Right, I was never a Kermit guy. Um, so would you be in, in? Would you be in favor of a black dial blue bezel steel? Nah, blue, blue, blue all the way. Go big or go blue, home. Blue. So how do they differentiate? Different color blue. Go dark. The, uh, from a dark, dark blue. blue. That's, you think that'll yeah, make you enough? Don't, to, don't go the baby blue because that baby blue is again an unusual. Oh, it's amazing. amazing, but it was an unusual color. I mean, I would go a more traditional darker blue. Blue bezel, blue dial. Oh my god! I mean, you'd be beating down the doors for it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think any, any new sub's, sub's going to kill. Right now, no question about bonkers. it. I think well, and so in terms of the on the pre-owned side in the market, if they discontinue any of these subs, there's going to be a spike yes. in value, right? So anybody who owns them, it's going it's going to be spiked. I don't know if, how long it'll last, just because. And I noticed this: uh, whenever there's a spike in value in any of the any of the Rolexes. If you if you look at the watches that have been produced forever, so like the Batman, the Batman spiked, but then I think for about a year or so, and then people realize, hey, they've been making this watch for long a time, long right? time, right? It was it was like 2012 or so is when they released it. So like, there's a lot of them out there, and you know, the not everybody who owns the watch is paying attention to the market. So you know, only the people who are like speculating on these watches are trading these 
you know, super expensive. And then, but you know, if the watch has been sold for for year year upon year, there's a ton of inventory out there. Eventually, it's going to come back down. So I think you might see a spike. In, in steel ceramic subs like the black dial black bezel steel ceramic sub but then you'll see it come back down to earth because that's a watch they've been selling yep, for exactly you know, 10 years at, at large volumes. volumes so i would agree completely all right um, so what else you got that's coming um, new so we all agree on subs well what is your... I, so i've been asking for i know uh, tim maso and i since we started our uh, since i got on camera with tim maso we've talked about a new release of the mill gauss um, with a rotating bezel and I mean that that's the original Mill that's right. was a rotating I would think so and, and it's time sense. because again that's another one that probably could use a little attention one way Well there's only one variation left right so it's just the blue the blue green dial with the green crystal is the only Mill gauss that they make right now right They still show the black green on there but I think it's gone yeah I mean it's have you, no more plain crystal sold one you know again my wife wears the no, plain right. crystal white one it's a great you know not ground sport watch. Great watch. Um, there was a lot of And variations. that's a watch that, oh my God. So that watch was hated so bad. Like I remember when I first started, you could buy those watches for like $3,500 was was what a retail buyer would pay for a pre-owned white yep. dial uh, uh, clear crystal mill gauss. And now, they're, what are they, seven, eight? Or, or they went they up, went up to, to that. They're probably they're back, back around six. But I mean, it's a great watch. And again, to your point, historically – it was a rotating bezel. It's a great size. It would be a cool, um, you know, smaller sport watch with a rotating bezel. Right. Well, it's no no crown guards. So it, so because people are going to say, oh well, it's going to look like a no date sub, but it's the the proportions are so different. It doesn't have a crown guard, and then you have the uh, like the lightning hand. Right. So it's it's very very different. Um, I I'd like to see a rotating ceramic bezel on a watch without a crown guard. I uh, I think that would be very interesting, and I think it would it would kill. Though, you know, not that I don't know if Rolex thinks about this, but you know, the, like you like your wife is wearing the white dial, so it's kind of a unisex watch. It's a great watch to like if your wife is upset about you buying a Rolex, <laughs> you buy a Rolex that you can both wear. This is a great, great segue. Uh, if you guys exactly. don't know about this, this is a great plan. If it like this is the reason why you buy a Daytona, honestly. Uh, if your wife doesn't want you to buy a new Rolex, you buy one that you could both wear. My wife can. Uh, when I had last the last Daytona I had, I bought that in a situation where she's like, "Do you really need another watch?" I bought it. I took some links out one day, put it on her wrist, and she loved it. So now it's yep. both our watches. So the Milgauss is kind of that same way, but if you add a ceramic bezel, I don't think it. I think it makes it masculine. I would agree. Though. I don't think Rolex is thinking is thinking about it that way. Um, do they change the sizes? What's thirty nine, right? Or is yeah, it thirty nine? It's thirty nine. It's, it's a, a good, good size. size. I think that's a great size for a Submariner too. I mean, I so you know, I just, I just, uh, I'm in the process of picking up a Tudor Submariner. That's a 39 millimeter. It's a, like a 90s piece, and you wear that watch, and it feels fantastic. Um, it's, it, it just wears so nicely. And if you make, so this is why I'm in support of of reproportioning the sub too, because if you use those proportions with today's technology, I think it creates a perfect watch um, for many different reasons. But it's wearable for everybody. So it's, it's. If you, it's a little less beefy, but guys who like beefy watches, like a man Joe's out there, <laughs> is still gonna like that watch, right? Because it's gonna wear well. Uh, but then it's great because you can put it on a strap too now, right? So like, not that this is selfishly because Rolex is never gonna say, okay, well, people can put an aftermarket strap on their watch. They don't want you to do that. But 
a, thir a 39 or a 40 millimeter scale down sub is uh, is much more wearable on like you can put it on a leather strap. You can do so many more things with the watch, so it becomes much more versatile and it's wearable across the uh, across the world. I think that now now as I as I say this, I think to myself, you know, for the Asian markets, right? That's something that's a lot of times have driven has driven demand, and it you know Asia has kind of fluctuated in the last like ten years, right? Yes, for sure. Big so, chance. so but scaling scaling things down would be could help maybe uh, solidify um, that demand, you know, because sure. right, right, because it, t in the Asian market, you know, you tend to have smaller wrists, so big clunky watches. While people still buy them, are not going to be as wearable. So I could see that making sense too from a marketing perspective, is scaling down the sub and having it, you know, fit maybe like a world worldwide uh, um, uh, market. Or as opposed to like large Americans. <laughs> nice, cool. Right. All right. Um, so I got else? one other one what that I think is a natural. That's going away. Um, Go so Daytona. I got two things there. First of all, steel and gold needs really? a ceramic bezel. Really? Why not? Yeah, let me. Th I'm trying picture to picture a steel it and gold I mean, yeah. Daytona. That looks a lot more like you know the elastomers with the nice black ceramic bezel um, would be awesome, and yeah. I think it's a natural well, well, uh, two, two tone rose gold. You, exactly, you could go rose gold, and that's one of the things bezel. I had there was make it in rose gold and steel with a ceramic bezel um, would be mm. awesome, and I could yeah. definitely see. And again, steel and gold Daytoners are not terribly popular. I mean, they're certainly the stepchild of the Daytona no. family. Um. Well, besides the sub two tones, always in every. I mean, besides the Submariner is the only two tone watch that's kind of stood the test of time in terms of like resale Correct. value. But I mean, two tone has always been the third most popular variation. So always steel, then precious metal, then two tone has always right. been the, that. But yeah, I, I could now that I think about it, I could see it. And then what it also does is because inherently the two tones is never going to hold as much value as a steel uh sport watch it's just it'd be i would be very surprised if it does but then it becomes then you have a, a steel or you have a ceramic daytona that's much more accessible Correct. yep right i i can see maybe it has like a seventeen thousand five hundred dollars uh uh you know retail price point but i'd see it would trade at that or right. less so it would be less than a, right say, you know that. than the actual market on the steel pieces so I think that could be a natural. Yeah, that would be interesting. All right, I got one more like in the that. Daytona like family. You're going to like this one. So, Go for it. Have Tell you me. noticed in the last year, year and a half, that Platinum Daytonas have become super short supply? It was an <laughs> easy gone. watch to get. It was a watch you could get a decent discount on, and then they just dried up. So uh -huh. I think we might see that Platinum Daytona ghost strap. Mm. Oh. Could you... How oh my god, be. how cool would that be? So take what you did with the, you know, white gold and the rose gold pieces on the elastomer and do it to the platinum. And it would be awesome. Wow. That would be amazing. I could imagine they did it in a one year run. Yeah, just do a quick run. Just exactly. Just I mean, but oh that to me, that watch, um, you know, on a strap would be amazing. And it would bring it into a much more accessible price point, and guys would love that watch. And the, everybody loves that glacier blue, and just go for it. Oh yeah. Well, the, and, and and yeah. Oh my god. So it's 
So that that watch was released in 2013, right? The Platinum right. Daytona. So you'd have eight years of of a Platinum Daytona. The last year they put it on a on a strap. But do they do they make the strap like a purplish color to kind of match like the bezel? I think that. Well, be I was gonna say the bezel is almost introduce... brownish. You know what I mean? I can see them going that right. way. Yeah. Brownish yeah, like strap, a br- like a purplish brown, brown. blue. Oh. Uh, Oh my god! And then that would release. Then then that would make me feel great because they would they would release you know different color uh, um, oyster right. flexes. Oh wow, that would that's very interesting. I could absolutely see that happening. Wait, does but is that gonna have an oyster uh, the the glide lock clasp? Because if it's the, if it doesn't, I don't. It's got to have the glide lock clasp. No question <laughs> about it. They have to be able to. So do they are the are are there any Daytonas or the, are the Daytonas right now being delivered with the glide lock? Are the, are the uh, oyster flex or is it just, just the yacht master, master at this point okay yeah, they need, need to upgrade, upgrade across the board on that so that's something we also need to look for but yeah that was the other one i was like boy yeah, so, that would be awesome and it just you know rolex does two perfect. years out productions and when i started seeing i'm like why is the platinum daytona drying up all of a sudden you know it's not like yeah. we're selling that many more you know you always sold no. a few and they were you know but they were sitting and then they became obviously in shorter supply yeah well what was the last time we just had one in stock it's been a while, been a while. it's been a while so i mean it's that's very interesting that to me is what i could see going on there and then the other thing i want to see that's interesting um again this is totally out of left field but i'm curious to get your reaction for this um we need What's a that? gold gmt on a jubilee okay like the old school 1675s would it be you think it'd be like a root beer yeah on a jubilee or, or, or yellow you gold. You could go either way. You could go yellow, gold, black. But root beer jubilee would be the traditional. Yeah. Yeah, and then that would be the first uh, precious metal jubilee that they've released. I mean, they have a two-tone jubilee, but uh, the new super jubilee in full rose or yellow gold would Don't be disgusting. Don't you think? I mean, they've done, I mean the, the jubilees have done much better than I anticipated. I'm not a jubilee fan. But to me, that vintage well, look hey, is just amazing. And, you know, we every time we get one of the old ones, we well, sell them now right away. Oh, well, without a doubt, yeah, it has picked up, and and uh, I mean, well, you so you have your Batman. Have you worn the? Uh, I have not the Jubilee nope. Batman. So I've I've worn it two separate times. I like the first time I wore it for like a week, and I just I just didn't like it. I'm like this, you know, I had my snob hat on, and I'm like, ah, this is crap. Got rid of it. The second time, like I became obsessed with that. I, I realized it's so much more comfortable because you have the smaller links. It is fantastic, and for. It, it's it's a it's a great mix of a little bit of like dress and flash with the tool watch and I think it and you know I, I came around to it and I think it's perfect so I'm a big proponent of the um, of the Jubilee right now the current Jubilee it took me a while right it took me literally two tries to kind of understand it and really you know uh, feel it but yeah I think that'd be amazing but I would have to say it would it, I would love it too and it needs to be. Uh, a hidden clasp. I, I don't want. The no, it can't clasp. be that. I don't like but the big sport think, clasp either. I mean, that's that's part of my problem. Yeah. But it it's is weird. weird. It's weird I've that the jubilee never goes liked into the sport that clasp, sports clasp. But, but um, it might have to do with just like you know the watch is so it's so beefy that you know maybe the uh, the hidden clasp is not secure enough. And I, I can see that. I can understand that um, if that was the case. Because I'm trying to think of how they because you know this they have the flip lock for the uh, for the sport cases. And that's like it's super secure. You're never gonna the thing's not coming off your wrist. But 
you know, if you've seen the hidden clasp, if you've worn a hidden clasp uh, a Jubilee, like it's literally just a tension. Right, but again, that was or, always or, the way it was too because back in the day, you know, back in the 80s, the Jubilees were always that way, but the Oysters did have the flip locks on them for the sport models. So they did do them both ways. Well, if they scale it down, I'd like to see if they scale it. Or, well, so here's the curveball, and you actually mentioned this, like what if we see a sub on a Jubilee? Yeah, that's interesting. I wonder. I think that would be riskier for them. <laughs> I mean, they did do them yeah. in the early days, but um, they did Daytonas on Jubilees. They did subs on Jubilees. But I just, I think the GMTs more where the tradition was. Um, you saw a lot more GMTs on Jubilees, which is, I think, why they did it in steel. And it's like, just right. give me a precious metal one now. It would be killer. Yeah, it it, it kind of goes opposite to what Rolex usually does. Right. They do re- do those releases in precious metal, but I mean, listen, they, they can make their own rules. No one's going to tell Rolex what to do. Um, interesting. So, all right, well, so then, so what's the lowdown? So we think, I I, I think I'm with you with the something's going to yes. happen with the sub. <laughs> if if we're going to be if we're going to say all right, 100, something will happen with the sub. What will happen? No clue. Well, again, new colors, new metals, <laughs> um, new size, new movement. There's a lot of things you can go in a million different directions. Right. And there's one more thing I want to see with the right. sub on my wish list. What's that? I want a surdy dial again. Yeah. So the sapphires. Well, I mean, it, you well, know. They, do they still make a a, um, a a diamond dial? No, they got rid uh, of it. Ceramic yeah, but it was now? cheesy, anyways, because it was just the round diamonds. Because oh. the, the original one, as you know, that yeah. you know, the triangle sapphire was awesome. Yep. Well, they're great, but I I, I love so someone one of my friends locally got a picked up a two tone sub two tone black sub with the diamond markers, and you don't even realize it until you look at it a little bit. Oh man, so. I understand you don't like it because it's right. cheesy, whatever. But I, I don't know. I think it's fantastic. But a surdy, a a, a two tone right. surdy right now, that oof. would be awesome. Oh my god! And then you could put a cream dial, right? On you could do a million right? things. So right? maybe that gives the blue blue bezel cream dial surdy. Oh wow! Maybe that's maybe they maybe they re release the surdy and then that's where they put like their crazy right. funk. It goes into that surdy, and they can have different. Maybe they do green surdy. Oh man, I don't know. Now you're wow. talking, but yeah, like two tone green surdy, <laughs> like a, like a like a they get rid of the Hulk and they put it only on a two tone with the green surdy. Oh man, make, make two tone great really again. Yeah. That's a, that's a <laughs> yes. Well, that like a Josh Swirlovitz watch, right? If it if there if was there ever was one, one. two tone yep. green surdy, right? Or a or a purple. Purple was uh, a surdy purple would be fantastic. I would love that. A, a perp. I mean, I, a, a, the last thing I'll say about that is a purple sub uh, in in yellow gold. We can call it the oh Thanos, and I'll I'll sell all my watches and buy that. Would that watch. be incredible. <laughs> yeah, yellow gold and purple. I think is is a great combination. That it goes over. Look, it's it's very royal, right? Yes, Regal. it is. Amazing. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we've covered almost everything. Um, so what? Okay, let's sum it up, right? So we think Submariner has yep. something has to happen. Uh, Daytona, uh, it is a good yep. possibility. Uh, Milgauss, a yep. good possibility, and uh, Explorer right. twos, forty-two millimeters. And and I think that we could have this could go from <clears throat> hey, we're not going to do anything to a blockbuster year because the last two years have been. Like the GMT releases were okay and everything, but since there hasn't been anything like a blockbuster, no, there has not been a blockbuster since 
since the Daytona, the ceramic Daytona. Yeah, right? I mean, well, it's we're everything we're talking ago. about is evolutionary. Or it is five I mean, ago. there's nothing we're talking about right. that's revolutionary. We're not saying, hey, give us a new caliber. You know, this isn't a sky dweller with a new annual calendar. You know, you know, we didn't even right. touch the fact that, hey, maybe someday Rolex goes and makes a perpetual. They made an annual. I mean, could yeah. you imagine? What if they did in the Skydweller case? Maybe they set that up, and those are because that's the other thing we didn't talk about now. And I actually I thought about that. Um, well, so we're seeing it's weird. We're seeing like an up uptick in demand in two tone Skydwellers. Yes, which like those watches were easy to get forever, and now like there's a run on them, which seems strange. Uh, I know you know it could just be a blip, but we are seeing a run on two tone Skydwellers. Um, but I would like to see the Sky Dweller with an Oyster Flex. That would be amazing. Would that. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that that's a perfect watch. But because uh, I've seen somebody do put a rubber strap on a um, well, if well, you they, remember, they, they, also I mean, strap the, the strap Daytonas were originally all crocodile straps, and they switched them over to elastomers. So I don't see why they wouldn't. Yeah, only in precious price, metal. Yeah, precious. But metal. I mean, that would be amazing. Yeah, because the Sky Dweller to me is a great yeah. watch. Oh, it's. I think it's my yeah, favorite. I mean, reference. it really is. In fact, is. I am. I'm. I'm talking to somebody right now about a trade to possibly get a. a I had one during the summer, a black dial stainless sky dweller, and I regretted selling that so much, man. Like I realized that that watch is. It might be per, the most perfect watch for me for somebody with my wrist size because it's a. It's a forty-two, but it wears bigger than my. Um, than the. Um, the Explorer. But it's not like overly beefy. The bracelet is nice. The the clasp is wide. It fits perfectly. And the watch is like you get a, the right amount of flash, but it's also not like you're not wearing a, a, a Rolex President. So I don't know. I can go on and on about the Skydweller. <laughs> I love it. Uh, the Steel Skydweller Black Dial is the best one. I think over time, that'll be the most collectible because it's it's uh, the it's Blue Dial thunder, is yeah. great, but I think the right, it's a fad. So... Uh, I think the black dial over time is going to is the most wearable. But, all right, we're getting <laughs> off topic. So, um, all right, so we're, okay, let's try to finish summing this up. Uh, we did. Uh, so we said subs almost a hundred percent. They have to do something with the sub. New movement, new right. case design, new colors, all that stuff. Any of those variations could happen. Uh, Explorer two, Mill Gauss, Daytona, Yacht forty two, and, and Rose Gold. The, that's my other prediction. Okay, that's right. Yeah, forty-two in the world goal. I think that's that might be a lock. I think also. that could be a lock. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but all right. Well, uh, well, listen, we can go on for another two hours about this stuff, and maybe <laughs> we we'll have, have a secondary show. Well, after we'll after the release, we'll yes. have, we'll whether we were right show. or wrong, exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah, but I think this was great. I think we should we should do a few more shows, uh, like mono brand shows. With I mean, prediction shows are the best for Rolex. But uh, maybe, well, I'm, I'm, I have a plan to do a, a show with uh, Brian Govberg. So uh, maybe we'll have a paddock show. I'll talk to him. But we'll talk about predictions for next year because they that guarantee this right exactly this year, right? Yeah. So great, all right. Man. Well, this no, was great. Uh, happy, happy Mother's Day, Mother's Day, Manjos. You and your uh, wife's actually, first Mother's Day. Yeah. Congratulations. So that's amazing. Yeah, yeah she's bet. excited. Yeah, we're gonna go. We're gonna go stuff ourselves at a little brunch locally because they just finally opened up uh, Florida, so it's safe to. Good, safe we're to having go brunch again, in the backyard at like. my in-laws <laughs> in chairs six feet away. Okay, well, good luck All with right. that. <laughs> oh, Thanks, man, sir, we'll stay you safe. Too. Talk care. to you later. Bye. All right. Bye.